Welcome back to Batarang, the podcast where we bring you the Batman insights that others are too superstitious and cowardly to deliver. We're reviewing Batman the Animated Series. This week, a ninja comes to Gotham and really gets inside Bruce's head, and a sword that's not magic, but is obviously magic. It's Season 1, Episode 34, Night of the Ninja. Then, I ask Brandon to spill the beans on Bruce's martial arts training regimen here on Batarang. Sam, here as always with your Batman expert, Brandon. I mean, it's a ninja episode, so I can't I can't do one of my funny little sound effect things. You could do that Gascon sound effect. Oh, gosh. You're right. The ultimate ninja sound effect is silence. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that that's bad podcasting from what I understand. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm told. Yeah. So, yeah. Night of the Ninja. Yes, although the it's several nights. It is several nights, and it is not K-N-I-G-H-T. I'm not sure if that's a good choice or a missed opportunity, but given how goofy this episode is, I'm going to go with missed opportunity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it could be, I mean, Night versus Ninja might have been another mm, another good title. That's that's a good one. Yep. Um, God, I do love... Or Night V Ninja, mm. Dawn of Justice. <laughs> The people of the night versus, um, God, this episode, um, it's got a lot happening. I do want to say just before I forget, the sequel to this episode is called Day of the Samurai. Yep. Despite Batman specifically saying that, uh, Ken is not a samurai. Doesn't Batman, like, become a samurai in that episode in some way? Ah, uh, I love the idea that he transports back in time uh, to take William Adams' place at uh, Tokugawa's court, a la Shogun, but I'm going to go with no. I don't, honestly, it's been a while since I've watched that one. Yeah. Well, audience, uh, you'll find out when we do, so tune in. (laughs) Lucky us. So. The fact that we don't remember it means that it was not a very good episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts at the the top of this one? Well, uh, I didn't hate it. Yeah. Um, it's, it wasn't like a super gripping tale. Right. But I mean, it does like old Kung Fu movie tropes, like the warring people at a dojo. Um, like if there's anything really nice about this episode, it's actually, the like emotional core of it where Robin helps Batman like get over like a hang up that he's had since he was a kid basically right yeah it's kind of like a nice reversal Mm -hmm. especially directly after Robin's reckoning yeah 
Batman, I want to come too. I can change into my costume. Lickety split. Not tonight. Oh, man. Whoa, Robin, look at all that personal growth on you. (laughs) (laughs) And also he's like, something is up. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, something must be up. And I know it's his problem and not me, so. Yeah. That said, this will come up again later, but it it looks like Dick has not grown up that much because he is just hanging out in the kitchen watching Alfred do dishes. <laughs> Would I kill you to pick up a fucking towel, my dude? Yeah. Um, Sitting on the counter. Yeah, but you're right. It is, you know, it is a classic, like, martial arts dueling through time story. I mean, it's basically the precursor to the hit ser- series Cobra Kai, so I guess, yeah. We, we all have this episode to thank for the resurgence of karate-themed, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is, what, 10 years after The Karate Kid? I guess, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like like it was really hot in the zeitgeist when this came out, but it uh, also, you know, it was a pretty recent memory, so like, okay, we'll do one of these. Yeah. I mean, it does fit into, like you said, it's this long trope from Kung Fu movies, but even um, Kung Fu uh, comics, right? Like the same plot shows up in in a more central way in the Iron Fist comics. Yeah, I was actually going to do something similar. So this is a uh, for all of you that are really interested in our tabletop role playing campaign. Yep. <laughs> I was going to do something similar last week, but Brandon missed the game uh, because his character is a martial artist in space. Um, so I was going to throw a little like, oh, you meet a person that was from uh, the same like gym or oh, dojo as you. Oh, man, I want You that. had a rivalry with him, and now he's like, you need something from him. Yeah, that's great because it's a... <laughs> thank, thank you for listening about that. And granted, half our listeners are also at that table. Um, <laughs> but yeah, of course, for a... It's set um, in a... It's a sci-fi setting, so naturally I picked a big old sword um, as as my intimidating weapon. Yes. Uh, but let's not stay on the topic of our role-playing game too much. Yeah, that's bonus content. You have to subscribe to that for that. Yes. We actually have 22-second summaries to deliver, we so you, we can tell do, you the plot of this thing. We do have 22-second summaries. So, are your notes prepared? Ish. Ish. In that case... Um, Gambate. Bruce's old martial arts rival, Keodai, comes uh, calling for Bruce to get revenge and steal his money with ninjutsu. Uh, we learn through flashbacks how Keodai beat Bruce and how Bruce got him thrown out of the dojo. Then, uh, in the present, he kidnaps Bruce and Summer Gleason. Robin shows up, covers up Summer so he doesn't see Batman uh, be Batman and be Keodai, and then he escapes. 23 seconds. All right. Yep. Okay. And let's see. Hajima Show. Boop. So it turns out every single Wayne Corp site for all of the, their subsidiaries has a gun safe full of cash. Just straight up cash. And for some reason, this ninja who doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman wants revenge against Bruce Wayne and wants all this cash. Batman has some performance anxiety. And then, uh, like you said, I'm over time, but God, Summer Gleason <laughs> follows him this entire time. Yeah, but a lot of Summer Gleason yeah. in this episode. She gets a, more than a bit of business. Yeah, she has she has a lot of business. Uh, it was something she says that's my first note, actually. Um, I lost the 22-second game. It's fine. And, yeah, again, she is the only, only reporter in Gotham City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's the only reporter... 
talk show host, best applier of, uh, of eyeliner. Her wings are on point. So Except for that one episode where there was another reporter. Except for that one, and you'll notice, she's not back. There's one unsolved murder in Gotham City. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Um, so, yeah, let's... Let's start. This is um, a Kevin Altieri episode. Yep. So, so right off the bat, decent expectations. Yep. Um, I looked at the voice acting, and it was no one huge as these uh, as these characters, but um, the voice actor that does uh, Kiyodai does come back for a few other Japanese roles. Yes, he does. He also shows up um, on two separate Star Trek series. Uh, he is on um, Next Generation, and he plays, uh, what's it, Commander Kim's father on Voyager. Nice. Yep. Cool. He, he, got, he got cast as different ethnicities of East Asian men uh, several times in several series. <laughs> Which is pretty common. Which is, especially like on, you know, like Kung Fu and like with David Carradine and that sort of thing. And mm. um, so, yeah. Robert Bob Ito, Canadian-Japanese actor. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned the safe in your uh, your intro. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's just say the title card is fine. It's a good title card. It's a moody image of a ninja. Great. <laughs> um, and then we open on this, like, electric neon billboard for Wayne Cosmetics and uh, these pursing lips that have nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a striking image for something that doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then we cut to the inside, and there's a guy working late. Uh, he has a really cool-looking desk clock. <laughs> he just he has a he has a really good watch too. It's like I kind of want to know about about this guy. Yeah, let's get a spinoff series for this <laughs> poor schlub. Uh, I think he's a black guy too. Yeah. So Wayne uh, Wayne Industries has effectively doubled their diversity with this hire. <laughs> nice job. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but then uh, a ninja comes in. <laughs> Pulls, pulls out a gas gun and knocks him out with crazy purple knockout gas. Right, which I'm going to decide is um, the inspiration for the hallucinogenic purple flower. I think it was purple in Batman Begins. Sure. I'm I'm just going to link a lot of stuff in this eh, pretty okay episode to the you know lauded Christopher Nolan film Batman Begins. Well, that's good because I think in the interview we're going to end up talking about Batman Begins oh, a, a bit as well. Oh, good. Um... Um, so yeah, uh, there's also like this prominent man-sized safe yeah. in the sh- in the opening shot uh, of this room, and then like you know that it's gonna get ripped off, and then of course the ninja walks up. He has kind of this nifty um, safe cracking tool, yeah, like an Art Deco looking one, but like still he puts it on, it lights lights up, and he it somehow lets him put in the combination for the safe. Yeah, what I love most about the safe is that. As I alluded to before, it is stacked. It's not just cash that's in there, right? We're talking stacks of bills, mm-hmm. right? There are no, like, bear bonds or anything. It doesn't look like the the safe they get into in, like, Die Hard, right? No, it's just, like, loaded with greenbacks. <laughs> and some gold, right? Yeah, bags of, of what I assume are gold coins. Which, <laughs> you know, straight from the Mushroom Kingdom. And that, I think that's what might be craziest to me about this is really this whole, like, Kyodai being a thief thing is really just here to get him in conflict with Batman because, mm-hmm. which like, I get is what any plot uh, in this series does, 
but it's like, why does he need the money? How does he know that this, you know, lipstick factory has just what I presume to be like a couple, a cool couple million in the safe? Yeah, like, I mean, we can we can guess at how he knows this, but ultimately we don't know and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just bananas to me. There was one interesting detail. Like, when he's ripping the safe off, he, like, grabs the bags of gold and, like, satisfiedly, like, puts them in his pouch. And then we don't see him grab the cash, and the greenbacks, mm-hmm. which makes me think, like, which made me think, oh, like, was there something special about these bags? Is that what he's really after? Is he leaving the cash? Because mm-hmm. we don't see him take it. Like, is there something personal? Is there a greater plot at work? But no. No, no. Like, I was also half remembering this episode and thinking, like, oh, right, like, is he going to take the cash? to make it look like he was just robbing the place but this is something with his like shared history and like you said nope he just grabs it um a security guard shows up ninjaman dances around him a little bit Mm -hmm. runs to the roof and there's a there's a touch here i like a lot which is he throws this uh shuriken at at the um this isn't a body count count thing but like it wouldn't have done he would have just put it in the dude's hand um the shuriken but yeah, it echoes the the theme song opening. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> now that now that you mention it, so yeah. I think that's a, a nice little touch. Um, yeah, and like he very charitably does not murder this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He messes with him quite a bit, but he uh, he lets him live and goes. Yeah, I will. On the one hand, it's like I don't. Yeah, I don't know if this counts as a Batman's body count for us. But on the flip side. Um, he also doesn't do any, like, goofy kung fu movie, like, nerve-pinchy stuff. No. Which I'm going to say is, again, that I'm going to call a missed opportunity. Yeah. He does, however, in one strike, cut the man's, like, mag light in half, which then falls, and then the battery falls out, yes. also cut in half, which is kind of cool and kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely, um... I mean, we've mentioned before, the animators here, they've watched some anime. Mm-hmm. They know it's up. It definitely subscribes to the magic of uh, Nihongo Steel. Yes. The thousand-folded blade. Yeah, so this samurai sword that he has, or whatever it is, Ninjato, um, doesn't really matter, is like supernaturally good at slicing things in half in one swift strike. Yeah. Which, cool, great. Um, I'll just get this out of my system now. So... I chose to not let it bother me that, like, the, like, katana sheathed, you know, blade facing up, right? And, like, that was not always the case in this episode. I chose not to let that, I wasn't going to let it bother me. It's a children's cartoon from 1992. But you are mentioning it. But I'm mentioning it because what got to me is they weren't consistent. (laughs) (laughs) And that, I feel, is a fair criticism of the animation. Let's write an email to Kevin Eltieri right now. Oh, my God. Um... No, he listens. Oh, right. I forgot. (laughs) Friend of the pod, (laughs) Kevin Altieri. Kevin, look, buddy. Um, So from there, we cut to Bruce and Dick having a sparring match in his personal little, like, dojo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And Dick opens opens the uh, the sparring match with a flying kick, uh, which is, if not the worst move in martial arts... Uh, it's in the bottom three. Uh, and, and Bruce just gives him a flat hand to the solar plexus. Just just stiff harms his ass down like the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. And then as, like, the the grim sensei gives, like, again. <laughs> and 
revolting. It's like, Jesus Christ, why are we doing this? <laughs> Dick, by the way, only a green belt. Oh, yeah, I guess that's... He has a, he's wearing a green belt. Yeah, that's true. How uh, and Bruce is wearing a black belt. Yeah. Like, um, you know, the guy's in his 20s. You think he could make it to black belt. Yeah, well, he's been he's been Robin for what eight years. Mm-hmm. So he has been he's been in more real fights than most like karate masters. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fine. I mean, Batman's demanding. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's better than it's better than being in a martial arts school where people just get promoted. Right. Well, I also see Dick is not a guy that drills karate moves over and over again. He has his own kind of fighting style. Right. Yeah. Um, he. <laughs> Yeah, he's not practicing katas. He's just throwing, um, I don't know, throwing giant inflatable animals at dudes, as one does. And, <laughs> and like swinging on a pipe over and over again, then flying at them. <clears throat> right, yeah, yeah, which is strictly judo. Yep. Uh, so, right. So uh, Alfred comes in with the bad news that yet another Wayne operation has been robbed. Dick is like, oh, that's the sixth one this week. And Batman is like, seventh. <laughs> not that I'm showing any, like impulse here to go deal with it i have no like his like batman it's this is the last straw i guess but like he to me it was like okay he just kicked dick's ass and like made a fool of him and then he's like also you're wrong about how many places got robbed and like he's really he's just in this mode where Mm -hmm. he's feeling inferior and like needs to laud it over dick needs to beat the shit out of his adopted son yeah Um, <clears throat> excellent. Yeah. So then they he heads down to the um, Wayne Cosmetics, and it's what a full on like press conference at the crime scene. Basically, um, no, it's not even a press conference. Right? Summer it's sneaks a, in, right? It's an investigation, and Summer shows up to to like be like, "Hey, what's the deal with all this? Give me give me comments." Even even before that, like. Bruce uh, joins Commissioner Gordon and, I don't know, a couple of other cops. I don't think it's anyone... No, it's Commissioner Gordon and unnamed cops. Yeah. Um, and he goes, like, he recognizes the, the shuriken, right? The, the throwing star. Yeah. Um, and he's about to touch it, and Commissioner says, don't, you'll break the chain of evidence. I'm like, this is the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Normally, he's like, all right, Batman, take what you want and get yeah. out of here. Yeah, Chew on it a little bit, then hand it back to me. Um, but yeah, God. yeah. But so. no, Bruce can't touch it, uh, and uh, he, you know, puts it back down. But he clearly recognizes it, but keeps his mouth shut about it. <laughs> Instead of giving the the commissioner a lead that might help him solve the crime, that might get him killed. Right. <laughs> let's let's be real here. Dude has a magic sword. He does. What, what is GCPD going to do? Though he doesn't know yet at this point that it's Kiyodai. Yeah, it's unclear if it's, like, as soon as this happens, he suspects it, but he's not sure, right? Because it does the seeing this, the throwing star trigger the flashback? Uh, I don't, um, let's see. I don't, um, no, because I think he is able to, it may, yeah, it does trigger the flashback, because um, it's a little after that. But yeah, so Summer, that is when Summer, uh, when they're on the rooftop, Summer sort of barges in and starts asking questions, um, and she's not getting any anything out of Commissioner Gordon, uh, and Bruce is leaving, and Summer calls after him, you can't ignore the press, and then Bruce Wayne proceeds to ignore the press. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. 
<laughs> then we're then we get the the flashback. So the flashback is young Bruce, who is uh, the same character design except like a little thinner, mm-hmm. um, and he is fighting Kyodai, a bald Japanese guy who looks like about 45 (laughs) (laughs) but he's aging really well right like he's one of those dudes who got kind of old and then just stayed there Mm -hmm. like patrick stewart yeah (laughs) (laughs) the japanese patrick stewart that's cute i can so uh they fight in a in a normal like karate school sparring match uh cute beats him Mm -hmm. pretty handily uh, and then we just like get a sense of this guy's personality that he's an asshole about it and doesn't like Bruce Wayne because he's a rich guy that came yep. to like buy karate training. Yeah. And uh, Kyodai takes it a step too far. The sensei jumps up and throws Kyodai directly on his ass mm-hmm. and informs him there's always someone better. Now apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. And then he does by way of a little bow. Yeah. Um, which, you know. It's not... The scene ends at any point, which means it's not a real Japanese apology. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, it's just, like, again, this trope of, like, the wise master who's teaching more about, like, how to live your life than mm-hmm. how to fight. Yeah. So Kyodai sulks away a little bit, starts changing, and we see this big-ass Oni tattoo on yeah, his Yeah, like he's, like, some Yakuza mobster or something. Right. Um, so obviously that won't come back later. It's fine. Don't uh-huh. worry about it. Uh-huh. Um, so in the present, mm-hmm. uh, we have, let's see, what's next? So Batman is going out on patrol and this is when Dick is like, Ooh, let me come along. Oh, that's right. Um, and, uh, Bruce is explaining to him what's going on. Uh, and for some reason, Robin does not know what a ninja is. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't catch that specifically. Well, he was like, I, believe, I yeah. thought samurais were supposed to be honorable. That gas gun wasn't very honorable. And uh, he's like, he wasn't a, sa- a samurai. He was a ninja. I'll so explain what that means. That comes up in, in just a little bit. Uh-huh. Because um, right, Batman like leaves the cave. Oh, right. And... and Dick is, um, yeah, I imagine our listeners are getting whiplash with, like, me. I watched it this morning, so that's why I have the order of events in my head better. Mm. Don't worry, everyone. 98% of the time, Sam has thoughts in order much better than I do, just in case you're, your neck's hurting from all that whiplash. Um, yeah, I jumped ahead a little bit. Apologies. <laughs> so, it's nice to mix things up, <laughs> put on different characters. So Batman rolls out, and as I mentioned earlier, Dick is like, that's weird, what's eating Bruce? And Alfred basically says, who could know? It's like, you could, Alfred, like, you could know. Um, And I guess luckily there are eight uh, Wayne Enterprises locations because Kyodai is ripping off the next one. Yep, and this time Batman knows it's it's coming and he's there. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he catches him on the roof uh, and has one of those classic rooftop Batman showdowns with him. Except, the, so weird thing here is, again, I wasn't sure, does he suspect who it is? Does he know who it is? Right, And with the flashback, it, he has to suspect it. But I thought he was trying to let Kyodai know. Like, he 
chooses his same karate stance. I'm like, are you trying to tell this guy you're Bruce Wayne? Like, what's... Yeah, I don't know. I think... I don't think he was trying to telegraph that because, like, Kyodai certainly doesn't put that together. No, he doesn't by the end, right? No. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe just everyone in this reality is a stupid asshole. Maybe. (laughs) That must be it. I think it was, like, I got the sense that he was just, like, trying to, like, show him that he knew... The, yeah. the, the fighting style. Yeah. And like, we're going to, not only are we going to fight, but we're going to fight this way. Right. Naturally, Kyodai says, no, and gasses him. Yep. Uh, and he's about to chop his head off, but Robin shows up uninvited yeah. and rescues Batman by throwing a batarang at Kyodai. And there's a little bit of, it's only kind of petulant. I think it's actually really fair on Robin's part. That, you know, Bruce is get in the car, sort of. We're done here. Yeah. And it's like, okay, firstly, no, there's physical evidence on that scene. Secondly, Robin is justified in saying, gee, Robin, thanks for saving my bacon. Uh-huh. Right? So, yeah, like, but Batman is really pro- trying to process and failing this, like, inferiority complex that Kyodai is triggering in him. Yeah. Which, for those, you know, for those of us who have, like, more expansive knowledge of Batman, right? One of my favorite lines of his of all time is there's two kinds of fighters, those who fight fair and those who win. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see him like trying to fight fair mm-hmm. and um, and then just, yeah, getting the shit kicked yeah. out of him. It's because he has something to prove. Right, exactly. And that's a fun sort of... Again, it's something we mentioned about this series, about the recent The Batman. He's not perfect all the time, and that's kind of nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, one other thing that I wanted to mention uh, that I'm less on Robin's side about is like, so he throws the uh, the batarang and then he says, "Hey, Batman's my pal. He can be kind of a jerk, but you gotta love him." And I'm like, maybe uh, Robin, maybe don't air out your dirty laundry, <laughs> the ninja. Uh, and then um, as as Kyodai is running away, his uh, gi is torn, and that's when you see that big Oni tattoo. And That's right. Now everyone knows for sure. Yes. Batman puts uh, two and two together right away when he sees that, because how could you not? You don't have to be the world's greatest detective to see a giant Oni tattoo on a man's back. No. At this point, it's not even putting two and two together. It's just saying, oh, that is two. I was given two apples, and now I have two apples. Yes. Great. Um, and then they're in the... Batmobile. Right. Um, and that's when he's like, uh, Robin's like, oh, well, I thought Samurai was supposed to be honorable. What was with the gas gun? And this is when Bruce tells Robin what a ninja is. Yeah. It's like, you stupid asshole. You haven't watched any Kurosawa. <laughs> Smacks him around a bit. Um, yeah. Because Robin says, I don't think that gas gun was Hoyle's, which I looked up. And it is from Hoyle's Rules of Games. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least that's, yeah, that's what I have to suspect. Otherwise, I have no idea. So, mm-hmm. um, cool. Great. But, but he's also like, I know him. And then by way of explaining that they uh, used to be at the same dojo, he says Bruce Wayne in the third person. <laughs> it's like, uh, he was a uh, like the only, uh, I forget exactly what he says, but he's like the only man that could beat Bruce yeah. Wayne or something. Yeah, the... Ah, great, good. Thanks, thanks, Bruce, for... Oh, like when Bruce Wayne was in Japan. Laying the crazy on pretty thick. Uh-huh. 
We then cut to Summer in her editor's office. Uh-huh. I guess the editor's office, although that shouldn't be the editor. Because um, he looks like he's just, like, pasting shit in for the, for the evening edition. But, yeah, she's trying to, like, puzzle out why someone is knocking over all these things. Um, these Wayne Enterprises places. And, oh, yeah, Bruce Wayne spent some time in Japan. Which I want to point out that she also refers to him in a funny way, but calling him the Bruce, like like people used to refer to Donald Trump as the Donald. Ugh. Yeah. And really, it's just a scene that establishes like Summer's going to figure this shit out. She's mm-hmm. going to crack this case. Yep. And then we're back to Wayne Manor's kitchen where Dick is just chatting with Alfred while Alfred does manual labor. Mm-hmm. Um. And amounting to, like, Alfred saying, yes, Kyodai's the only one who could consistently beat Bruce. Um, Bruce then shows up in his in his tux. He's like, I'll be home around midnight. After standing there just staring at them for a while. Uh-huh. I, I actually kind of like this scene because, like, Alfred and Dick are, like, totally comfortable talking. And Alfred's totally fine spilling the tea and, like, trying to give some insight into Bruce. And then, like... They're overheard, and they're totally flustered um, because, like, they're talking about his flaws, but, like, this specific, like, super-triggering flaw mm-hmm. um, that is, like, being aired in front of Bruce, and they look, uh, like, a little afraid. Yeah, yeah, uh, because <laughs> he just has that look on his face. Yeah, he looks completely pissed off, yeah. like, and not, like, the angry Batman is about to hit you, but, like... Like, a different kind of angry. You, you like, know, when you were really scared of your dad, that look. <laughs> yeah, it's like this, like, simmering <laughs> pissed-offedness. And I I love that Dick says, do you, do you think he heard us? Alfred says, who can know? And again, you, Alfred, you could know, because this man is the probably the best in the world at illegal surveillance. And you're in his house, so yes. you tell me. Yeah, he, he heard Alfred. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So uh, now we get another ninja robbery bit, right? Yep. Uh, this, this is like the second time that uh, we see crazy swordplay because like Robin this time shows up mm-hmm. to stop uh, the ninja from ripping off Wayne Tower or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and to escape... Kyodai uses his sword to cut a... A water tower. A water tower support. Yeah. Like, it's extremely thick wooden support. Like, I don't know, a foot and a half long and, like, eight inches thick. If it were half that, it would be improbable. Like, it would be impossible with a sword. So, yeah. cool. Ninja magic. You'd have, like, with an axe, you'd have to hack and hack and hack. Right. Yeah. Like, with a with a buzzsaw. <laughs> with a buzzsaw, it would have taken, like five minutes right this is to the extent that like a lightsaber wouldn't do this straight up like a jedi would struggle more Uh and here it's just you know i mean you all have seen probably have seen anime you've seen samurai shit you know um and there is so much water around this wing court building Mm -hmm. because the water tower falls on robin basically Mm -hmm. i don't know why this warehouse would ever needed this but that's fine um, and on top of that, there's a bunch of water that gets drained out of the bottom that what Robin falls into. 
And it's no, just, he doesn't. It's okay. So you it's might be thinking of wet around there. You're thinking about the finale of this episode where the ninja jumps out the window and lands in water. Yeah. Robin tucks into a uh, a window. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Either way, it's a very wet episode. It is. Uh, you know, we cut from Robin's failure to. Bruce is leaving this little what, party, whatever it was. Yeah, he does have a flashback before that happens. Oh, yeah. He sees right. this, the samurai swords that uh, Kyodai was trying to steal 15 years ago or something. Yeah. And triggers this flashback. He goes in. Kyodai is trying to steal them. Bruce catches him, flips on the lights. They're about to throw down when the sensei comes in and kicks Kyodai out of the dojo. Yeah. Uh, naturally, he blames Bruce for it. Swears because, revenge. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. the usual... So, yeah, Summer is at, uh, at Bruce's car door. He decided to drive himself. That's how you know he's in a bad way. And she's badgering him. And then uh, Kyodai gasses them both. Yep. And for some reason, takes them both to his warehouse hideout at a cloth factory or something. Textile <laughs> mill. Yeah, where there is a suit of armor there. Look. So... After the first time he got gassed, you'd think Batman would be like, oh, this is a rare purple flower from Okinawa, and I'll cook up an antidote so I won't get caught unawares again. But no. No. (laughs) No, that would be like, that scene happening but not showing us, that would be Silver Age Batman, right? He's like, oh, I was awake the whole time, and now I'm going to kick you so hard in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas, yeah, this is a Bronze Age Batman where it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm he got me. Right. This is the Batman that gets hit by a two by four and they're forgotten and loses his memory. <laughs> so true. Um But yeah, um he instead of dumping Summer Gleason in an alley and peeling mm-hmm. off, he takes her too. Mm-hmm. So he can have her witness him killing Bruce Wayne and then I assume also kill her. Reasons, whatever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they come to in this cloth factory, like yep. lying on a giant rolled up bolt of cloth. Uh, and uh, Kyodai lays out all of his reasonings for why he's doing this. There's a back and forth between Bruce and him. My favorite is um, he accuses, or he says that because Bruce got him thrown out of the dojo, he had to become a thief. I guess he was on staff there. Um, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he had room and board at least. Yeah. But then Bruce fires back. As I recall, being a thief is how you got kicked out in the first place. Which is just so gratifying because I always hate it in dialogue where it's like, no, that's the obvious thing to say. But they're like, no, we're not actually interested in this in this dialogue, right? We just want to get to the fight. Right. So I really appreciate that. Me too. Yeah. That's exactly what I would have said. And he said it. And then uh, afterwards, Kyodai is just like, well, you're rich and you never have to worry about money. So you don't understand anything. Which is not yeah. untrue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, he is a rich white guy who flew to Japan and paid his way into this academy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That said, uh, so, I don't know, Robin basically, like, what, he distracts Kyodai, Bruce gets free of his bonds. 
he distracts uh, him in kind of a funny way. He trips one of those laser uh, sensors, right. and like a loud siren goes off, and he's like, "Oh Jesus, Dick!" <laughs> Pastor <laughs> crime fighter, <laughs> just like giving himself shit for it. Uh, and then he's like, "Well, I guess I'm in this now." This is this is probably the best writing for Robin in the series yet. Uh, I'd say pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's good, it's good in Robin's Reckoning too. Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, this is the this is the closest to how I think of Dick Grayson being right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like he's a little more he's a little more self-assured he's funny right he's actually a counterpoint to Batman instead of just being like Batman light yes um, uh, so yeah uh, Kiyodai does go to investigate and while he's doing that Bruce knocks over a statue of a thing holding a sword and uses it to cut his bonds yeah it's some terracotta warrior shit uh-huh. and again if you're saying but that's China don't don't worry about it there's they don't do a terrible job of it, but there's some just pan-Asian bullshit in here. Yeah. Um, but Kiyodai doesn't find Robin and gives up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and comes back in time to catch Bruce trying to get Summer out of her bonds. It makes as much sense as anything else, right? Because it's that there's that beat where, ooh, one of my alarms went off. Instead of killing you right now like I was planning on, I'm going to go look for this person and then come back and kill you. It's like in the time of you saying that, you could have just stabbed them both. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. So it might as well be like, oh, well, if while I'm like looking around for whoever this intruder, that intruder could just as easily free them back there. So I might as well go back um, and take the 0.5 seconds to kill them both. Because again, he can cut through both of them with one one slash. So for sure. Yep. But yeah, he shows up, Bruce is free, and he's like, ah oh, good, I wanted to kick your ass one more time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not having a hard time of it. No, he's like really beating Bruce's ass. Yeah. And like to the point where he's like throwing him through like wooden structures that fall on him and he's got like a black eye and And Con- Conroy's Conroy's getting hurt sounds here are great. Yeah. He just sounds like he's this little rag doll getting tossed around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Summer yells out, like, basically begging Kiyodai for mercy for, yeah. on Bruce's behalf. He's obviously no match for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Which, as a kid watching, it would be, like, that would be upsetting. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure this didn't sit well with, like, five-year-old me. Robin slinks in, um, gets a bolt of cloth over Summer and Bruce is like, cool, now I can take the kid gloves off. And it's like, is that is that what you were doing before? Yeah, I kind of wondered about that. Because like if that had if Summer had not been covered up by that bolt of cloth, what was Bruce's plan? To get beaten until dead until dead <laughs> seemed to be his plan. <laughs> yeah, if if it had been like they were sort of like on even on an even keel and then Kyodai draws his sword and then Robin like blindfolds uh, Summer then Bruce can like pull out a battering right? right like that escalation makes sense right but here it's just cool great he has I don't know performance anxiety in front of the media whatever I guess he just yeah for some reason he can't fight to his full potential yeah. He couldn't ignore that the press was there. (laughs) It comes back. (laughs) I also like that uh, instead of... So before when Batman was losing to Mm -hmm. Kiyodai, Robin showed up and saved him by throwing a batarang and taking over over on the fight. Yeah. This time he's like, no, like 
Bruce needs to like he, he's obviously going to fight into his potential like something right. is going on like Summer is watching so I'm just going to do this and see what happens yeah yeah Robin saves Batman by throwing shit at other things yeah and That's... I do yeah for sure yeah I do wonder if um, part of the reason that Batman was able to 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 triumph after that is like seeing like the confidence that Robin has in him yeah and remembering kind of who he is yeah, it's a nice it's a nice way to have like Robin stand in for the viewer. Yeah, because right? yeah, you're pumped for Batman to you know turn this crush match around. And, yeah, and just yeah. So Bruce wails on Kyodai for a little bit, and Kyodai's like, "Well, in that case, and you think he's gonna do some like really cool stuff? You know, like on that episode of The Simpsons when the Yakuza show up, like, oh, the little guy's gonna do something cool." <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so he lifts the statue over his head and then breaks a window with it and runs. <laughs> Which was great. <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> it was great. And that's when he dives into like the culvert and Yes. Yeah. You know, and I, I forget, do they do that um are we gonna be seeing him again? And it's like I'm sure we will. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um but we are after that we are back at Wayne Manor. Um the sun is rising. Bruce and Dick are having uh what Brenner. Yeah, yeah. Late, late dinner, early breakfast. Yeah. yeah. And uh and yeah, it's really it is it is a nice moment where Bruce shows gratitude, which is, you know, even even in this children's show, not very common. Yep. Uh yeah, he like thanks Robin, says that he isn't sure that he uh he could have beat him unless he had covered up Summer's uh Summer's eyes. Yep. And yeah, uh, it's like the opposite of earlier when he saved and he's feeling inferior. Now he's feeling, you know, big enough to like acknowledge Robin. And yeah, uh, I mean, we, we don't know if he becomes a better karate teacher after this, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, he couldn't be a worse one. That's yeah. for sure. Uh huh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's the episode, folks. So ranking. Yeah, I yeah. would put it a little above the midpoint. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. The, maybe a little below the three quarters point. Hard to say. Yeah, I'd say that it's it's a pretty strong episode. I know I was you know a little hard on it earlier, but the bit where uh, Bruce is standing in that circle of candles and extinguishing them by punching, uh-huh. uh, it's just it's cool. Like it taps into you know what especially at the time but even now like it's fun to see Batman do ninja stuff yeah for sure yeah <laughs> so pretty good like I would say yeah better than um Underdwellers Are Forgotten but not quite as good as you know obviously something like Joker's Favor or well I think our new midpoint is actually Man as a Hatter okay yeah so was this better than Man as a Hatter ooh I would put it like uh, I don't know. I like Mad Hatter stories. <laughs> I like how <laughs> I like how um, bananas like the imagery around that is. Mm-hmm. Whereas my thing with here, because I was thinking about it, it's like for this episode, they're like, "Who's our our bad guy? A ninja." It's like, well, okay, but is there anything like special about him? They're like, no, a ninja. Well, a ninja with history with Bruce. Yeah, but it's just what's his costume black right cool so like he's not a very cool bad guy even even that giant tattoo does not make him cool no partly because you don't see it most of the time and he mostly wins his fights by cheating right um that and now if he had put the oni mask like over his ninja get up 
that would maybe eke, it a ha- eke him ahead for me, but now I have to give give uh, Matt as a hatter this Okay, so that means that we might have overestimated it a second ago, and this is actually yeah. right at the midpoint, maybe yeah. maybe slightly below it. Yeah. Which not everything can be in the middle, right? <laughs> yeah. Some things have to be below the middle. Right. Um, that's, I mean, that's the tough thing about doing a uh, like long-form review thing like this, right? Is like we have... It's not even like a, um, a bell curve, right? It's like hills. Yes. Right? Like we have a bunch of shitty episodes, a bunch of... Episodes and then some really stellar, but there's not a lot that's just like, hey, kind it was kind of bad, but yeah, maybe uh, like we could do some like people aren't gonna want this, but we could do some sort of like data viz, right? Where we have like an x y axis and grade them on a couple things, and then we can see where the clumps end up. Well, we'll just give them the points and then they'll put in their graphing calculator at home and it just makes a bad symbol. Which means it's entirely useless. Uh-huh. All right, listen up, everyone. We're doing the thing. So get your calculators out. Y equals mx plus b. 0.34. All right, great. Um, Batman's body count, I don't didn't get any. Yeah. We could say that Robin should have died when he fell off the edge, but he doesn't. He's Robin. Like, he can grab a window, whatever. Yeah, I would say the only thing is that there's no good reason for um, Ninjaman not to have just killed that security guard oh yeah um he, like he definitely should have killed him instead of like being a show pony and like right uh like but he, he didn't he didn't so i'm gonna put that in a sort of like nebulous category of yeah. but yeah it's not as certain a thing as like oh no that it's not like that guy who got hit with the uh, basically small wrecking ball and would have just been liquefied right it's different yeah like he no one survives something that should have killed them <laughs> right exactly yeah like like by the same measure you could say like there's no reason he shouldn't have immediately murdered summer gleason and bruce in his car instead of driving into a warehouse um, presumably in their car right because that's how robin tracks them yes or his car yeah, like he could have gassed them and stabbed them and then walked off yeah. but he didn't because it's a kid's show and because that's less fun right which also is it's a kid's show because he wanted to lord it over Bruce Wayne yeah okay um anything else we need to tie up no, I think um I think it's quick break and interview time okay excellent then let's break cool alright welcome back for those of you that are still here <laughs> Uh, and if you are, why? Um, no, I'm kidding. I know why. Because you want to hear about Batman's martial arts training. Uh, so I guess to start, let's just answer the question. Like, all right, he had a specific type of martial arts training in, in this. Uh-huh. Um, he's also has a different kind of martial arts training in... Um, a bunch of other versions of this story. Yeah. So, like, what is his training normally like? Does he always go to Japan? Who trains him? So, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, Batman gets rebooted constantly, but whatever flashback they need for that story to work is what happens. So, in, you know, in this case, like, he's probably learning, like, Shotokan karate or whatever, um, karate. (laughs) pronunciation um so the sort of who trains him question it's like recently we were chatting uh, i did some research into newer batman comics because i haven't been keeping up with the current series and 
like there's this character ghost maker and he and bruce were in conflict to be like the very specialist boy taught by the this irish guy who was the world's best knife thrower <laughs> like okay whatever so yeah there are some names that show up consistently right like henry ducard right the the french manhunter um not like Martian Manhunter, who had like, no, just, like a tracker, right? Yeah, he's just a Frenchman detective. Um, like that one always comes up. Uh, God, what now? I want there to be like the French Manhunter that is the Martian Manhunter, <laughs> just like <laughs> Sacre Bleu, <laughs> Le Fume. <laughs> Uh, well, it's not going to get better than that. Thanks, everyone. Outro music plays. Um, so that's a name that usually comes up. Uh, sometimes you'll get stuff like uh, Wildcat Grant uh, teaches him how to box. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't know that character, he does show up in Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. He's a cool dude. He is a cool dude. Um, but yeah, if you go back like to Golden Age Batman, he's... He boxes, like, whatever. Like, he knows how to fight, but you don't necessarily get specifically, like... So, in the Golden Age, he learns how to fight, and he boxes and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe wrestling. Yeah. Um, when does he become, like, a karate champion? I would say that um, pretty much coincides with the rise of, of martial arts movies. Uh-huh. Um, to the extent that, like, that's why... I mentioned Iron Fist earlier, right? Iron Fist is... Marvel's first attempt at copying Batman, mm-hmm. right? Little rich boy learns kung fu, comes back home and kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Great. So you get um, a lot of that sort of like Batman or Bruce Wayne going to a mountaintop and meditating at the door of a <clears throat> of like a Shaolin temple or whatever. Um, some of this sort of thing shows up in like Denny O'Neill. and Neil Adams' work. Uh, rest in peace, Neil Adams. By the way, as of this recording. Yeah. He uh, just died, which I feel kind of bad about because I was um, selling comics of mine at Wicked Comic Con recently, and at the table, like, they were selling in the next room some original Neil Adams art, and we're like, oh, is he still alive? It's like, well, oh, oops. (laughs) So, yeah, so, sorry, um, but, like, one of the first, you know, comics, like, penciler illustrators I knew of, right, could recognize by name. Uh Um, So it's really in, like, 60s, 70s that that starts to show back up, and uh, it's pretty consistent through, like, the 80s and 90s, where martial arts became more and more uh, akin to, like, magical realism, let's say. Yeah, I don't know about realism. Well, it's... Yes, but it's not just straight up magic, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. I mean, it's Orientalism. <clears throat> right. Is yeah. It is. So, is it like, here's Batman's, like, here's Batman's origin story. He went to uh, China and learned Kung Fu. Okay. Uh, later, okay, here's Batman's origin story. He went to Japan and learned, and learned karate. Or, like, nowadays, is it Batman went to Japan and China and, 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 and like he actually learned every kind of martial art. He, he learned everything important or that matters basically. Yeah. Uh, um, and if you ever needed to do something else, you would just say that he learned it in his backstory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Um, so is there an official like reckoning of what martial arts Bruce Wayne knows? No, not exactly. Um, As far as you can point at, like, specific iterations, 
and be like, okay, like in the Nolan movies, he does Krav Maga, just straight up. But only because we can recognize, only because some some of us, right, me, can recognize that martial art happening, not right. because in his backstory he went to Israel and learned Krav Maga. <laughs> he he studied with the Zohan. Um, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. There's never. It's just again, whatever thing fits the sort of flavor that story is going for, mm-hmm. usually you get a lot of this sort of, and again, I think this is because of how much anime and manga influence Batman cartoons and comics. A lot of it will be some flavor of um, karate or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, plenty of times it's, you know, kung fu. So... You know what I want? Mm. I want Bruce Wayne learning mixed martial arts. Oh, yes, I want Bruce Wayne at uh, like broy MMA bar, just uh-huh. taking notes, uh-huh. um, <laughs> and then he has to compete in the competitions. Uh, but to do that, he needs to wear one of his disguises, right? Yeah. Which means that he can't get hit in the face; otherwise, his <laughs> nose will get knocked off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, much like Peter Parker. Yep. Uh, oh God. So. There is that. I will say that, like, what I appreciate is when you can tell animators in different titles, like, go through the effort to give, like, Batman does Krav Maga and Nightwing does Muay Thai, those sorts of, those little details I I appreciate. Um, I do want to say, after, uh, this is the second week in a row I've mentioned uh, the Night's Fall arc, um... Bruce has to, you know, get his groove back. So he supplicates to Lady Shiva, whom, again, you might know, especially if you watch Justice League Unlimited or whatever. Um, and she's supposed to be the other world's best martial artist. Um, so that was going to be my next yeah. question, actually. I want to know, like, apart from, uh, like, specific rivals or whatever, like, who are Bruce's matches when it comes to martial arts skill mm-hmm. in the DC universe? Yeah. So... Not Katana, oddly enough. Um, maybe in a sword fight specifically. It's so that often depends on like the favorites of whoever's writing that story. Mm-hmm. In JLU, right, you have um, yeah, Paul Dini, who obviously did Batman, but also really likes Black Canary. Mm-hmm. So in that and like Young Justice, Black Canary in general, uh, Canary can go toe to toe with Batman and, and do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Shiva might be the other one who could, you know, beat him in a in a judo match, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's kind of the the long and short of it in terms of like just who you know who martial arts is better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but what about his like actual rivals from his past? Mm-hmm. So in this episode, we get here at I can. Right. In Batman Begins, we get Roz, who right. was not exactly a martial arts rival, but kind of was. And going by Henry Ducard when when they were at the the monastery. Right. Yeah. Uh, so are there other stories or people right when someone comes out of the woodwork from mm-hmm. Batman's origin story in like his lost years yeah uh, who compete with him yeah Bruce just goes from 13 to 30 and he comes back and I mean you get um Henry Ducard's son shows up in Peter Tomasi's run on Batman and Robin um which is kind of cool because you know there's Batman and Damien um and then this like son who's one of Bruce's rivals shows up. So there's a sort of fun like 
multi-generational dynamic there. Um, God, I'm trying to think of who else. Ghostmaker, we already mentioned, which is just a terrible name for a character. Um, It's more like a name that somebody would give their sword in Game of Thrones. Which, yeah, which I don't hate then, right? Except then you would expect Jon Snow to, like, swing it and another direwolf comes out. (laughs) That would be fucking rad. That's more like a Final Fantasy thing. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're just spiraling down a rabbit hole at Uh this point. Um, I'm actually going to turn and look. It doesn't... Some of that shows up in, like, zero year, but it doesn't necessarily come up a lot um, because there's not a lot of room for that sort of thing in the rogues gallery. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, when we talk about who in the Rose Gallery is a physical match for Batman, it's like, Killer Croc because he's so big. Yeah. Um, Bane because he is on Venom. Right. Uh, and then, like, certain ones that have, uh, like, Clayface that actually has a superpower. Right. But, like, no one else is really, aside, aside, sorry, aside from uh, Kiwadai Ken, is right. like, I am the martial arts guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think, like, there are several, like, characters who are just, what if Batman were straight up evil? Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, well, here, this villain is some twisted manifestation. It's like, Killer Moth is straight up, what if, what if it was some, like, you know, poor kid whose parents were murdered by cops, mm-hmm. right? But I don't know that Killer Moth has anything that isn't, like, a goofy uh, insect-themed weapon, right? Or, um, Hush... Hush can fight pretty well, uh, but he carries, you know, pistols. So. Yeah, right. Um, same thing with, like, a Red Hood. Right, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, that's pretty much it for my questions. Uh, unless you have any last thoughts, or if you can tell our listeners mm-hmm. where they can find a really good in-print version of Batman's training montages. So... I'm going to grab this real quick. It just happens to be handy, Um, but it is... Let me see. So there's The Man Who Falls, which... God, when was this first published? I'm going to look this up because it's a good story. So I'll set the scene for you all. We're in Brandon's office, question mark, right now, and looking around, there are... On the on the bookshelves, full of graphic novels, and then or in compilations, and then on the floor because he just got a bunch of stuff shipped to him from his uh, old home. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of Batman comics sitting on the floor. Oh yeah, yeah. Also, some, also Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Some of this stuff is not Batman. One of them is. You might recognize the comic book prequel to the. Uh, X-Men Star Trek The Next Generation novel. Hell yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) So for those of you that don't know, Brandon's still looking up information. Just let me know when you got it. So, uh, let's see. The Man Who Falls is published in the the Secret Origins trade paperback, um, which does all those stories. I mean, the nice thing about this is you can probably look up The Man Who Falls on um, Comixology Uh and find it. Um... In fact, it doesn't seem to have been published separately. Um, It was later included in the 2007 trade paperback, Secrets of the Batcave. So long and short is this is a story of, like, little Bruce. uh, You know, it does the origin story, and it shows him, like, you know, studying criminology and trying out and thinking about, like, doing the FBI. Um, 
but eventually he goes to, you know, Tibet and learns all the martial arts. Uh, Henry Ducard shows up in there. Do-do-do. So that sort of thing, right? He goes to, like, Aboriginal people to learn the power of masks and whatever. Great. Yep. Um, like you were saying, it's that it's Orientalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say the Zero Year story does a great job. So Zero Year was the New 52 Year One reboot. Um, and that would have, like, the feature of the main story. And that would have a backup story about, you know, whatever thing they wanted you to understand about how Bruce got so good at what he does. So I would say, like, those are my, like, top two training montage stories. Red. Yep. Um, oh, the other one would be, again, I mentioned it earlier, Batman Gets His Groove Back uh, in Night's End, the, the first, like, Bane story arc. Um, Lady Shiva murders this martial arts master. <laughs> um but she does it wearing like the mask of the uh, the bad god Tengu. So she says to Bruce, like, yeah, if I'm, if I'm gonna train you, you have to wear the right uniform. So here's this uniform. And so all the disciples of this guy come after Bruce. Sweet. It's pretty great. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that'll do us. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you tune in next week because we have uh, Cat Scratch Fever, the return of Catwoman. God. Replete with Barbeau. Uh, it's it's a sad thing that uh, Catwoman doesn't get any really great episodes, at least in the first season. Yeah. Uh, but this one is, if I remember, a lot better than um, than Cat and Claw. I mean, it would have a hard time being worse. It's also a better Catwoman story than uh, what's it? Not not what dreams may come. Which one is it? Tiger Tiger. No, no, that one. That's the Island of Doctor Moreau one. The Mad Hatter one where she shows up in Bruce's um, Dreams of Not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's not really a Catwoman story. She is, she's Selena's just, just in it. in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll try not to hate the episode because of the title. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, so tune in for that. Same battering time, same battering channel. Little ninja Uh, pitter patter. I I wonder if that showed up on the monitor. We'll find out. All right. Bye, one. you.